Zeros. Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast where we all freeze and die. That's the chalky answer. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a song about it. <laughs> if I could sing, I would have sang it. But as you can tell from what my voice sounds like right now, ain't going to be no singing. <laughs> my name is Joe, and I have with me two passengers. That's it. Fair enough. Got nothing clever. To talk to you about the movie Snowpiercer, we've got sequel. Is it time, Joe? Is now the time? <laughs> and Corey. The podcast is the shadow of my former shadow. Before all the Snowpiercer stuff happens and before my voice gives out, let's go into what we've been watching this week. Hey, Corey, what'd you watch? Man, my list is long, guys. Uh, I don't have to talk, this is great. Yeah, Black Klansman. <laughs> Alright, what do we think? Liked it. Liked it a lot. I think okay. it was a little heavy-handed. In spots, there's literally, like, a very short, I guess it's relative, it's a short enough scene where they literally use the line, make Make America America great great again. again. I was like, damn, that's heavy-handed. But It was in the past. (laughs) Yeah. Topher Grace um, played an amazing David Duke. Adam Driver stole that show. He's so good. He was so fucking good in it. Overall, I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's good, and I was really worried that the guys that we wanted to have like get theirs weren't going to get theirs, and then they did. And I was like, in such a spectacular, in such fashion. spectacular fashion, it really was. It was good. It was a really, really good movie. I do have a question for you, sequel. Yes, because you said it has like a Spike Lee shot. Yes, I'm not super familiar with Spike Lee's work. Okay, but is it? When they both draw their guns and like it's like they're on like they're like levitating in the hallway. Yes, yes, yes. that's yes. a Spike Lee that's, shot. That's, that's okay. Spike Lee. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not know if that was the Spike Lee shot or not. I just kind of assumed it was. I was like, this has got to be it. Darcy Inside Man. No, that's okay. That's same shot. Yeah. Same shot. Because there was one other one earlier in the movie when all the guys leave after like their gun range thing, and like there's this like weird off kilter angle like panoramic shot. I was like. Is this, like, a Spike Lee shot? Because it doesn't seem all that interesting if it is. No, it's definitely the, um... The, the levitating float yep. towards the door. Okay. I like to think you asked yourself all movie long, is this a Spike Lee shot? Is <laughs> this a Spike Lee shot? I was waiting for, like, super, like, off-kilter, like, unique-looking shots. Like, it, it doesn't fit in the movie. No, right? it doesn't. Because the movie's very realistic, and that's, like, a... Yeah, it was the weirdest yes. thing. Shit. What else did I watch? I went through my voodoo and pretty much watched anything I hadn't watched yet because Pam said I could. So I was like, fuck it, it's mine. Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay. Good, good. Uh, I didn't love that movie. Really? Wow, that's shocking. I did. It's super good. It's I, it, really good. Listen, it is. It is very, very good. I'm not taking anything away from how good the movie is and how good the acting is. I wanted... A few more twists and turns and a little bit of, like, a twist at the end there. I expected to be a little more heisty at the end, like, with a twist at the end. It was all pretty straightforward. I thought the, um, bellhop being a former Vietnam sniper. Oh, that was, that was <laughs> just <laughs> awesome. Totally out of left field. I was that, that, you're off. right. You know what? That came out of left field. The moment that he, like... Scoops up the the guy's gun, like the rifle guy, the the one rifle that was there, and like pops it open, looks down the chamber just to see how like the line of sight is. I was like, I right, dude, this this is fucking cool. It's on now. Yeah. Um, 
I also expected the secrets to kind of come out a little more slowly, like... They didn't have that much... Like, they had a lot of characters. They had a lot of characters. And not a lot of time. It sounds long, but it wasn't that long. It really was not. No, you're absolutely right. But, like, we we start getting exactly what each of these characters is pretty much... Like, they're not hiding anything from us after they've decided to give the information. It's like a Reservoir Dogs feel, because they jump between the characters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Very... Again, Diet Tarantino is what I described to you. Yeah, guys in the you chat. know what that makes perfect <laughs> it's, sense. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I just didn't. I wanted a little more out of it. That's all. Um, and I watched mid nineties. Yeah, he did it. We can all talk about it. Fuck, fuck, man. I don't know if you liked it or not. I, <laughs> dude, it's so. I don't think he does. It's think he knows. so good. It's such a good film. But it hurts me on, like, a nostalgia, deep impact, like, things that I was, like, going through as a kid that it was, like, hard. Like, when he goes to get his first skateboard and the brother, like, clearly takes advantage of the situation and takes way more than he should, boom, one. Um, You ask your brother for help and he tells you to do something totally wrong. Just so he can, like, insulate himself in case something, like, you get caught, happened to me. Like, it, it was so many, like... Did you punish yourself with a hairbrush afterwards? Because... No, that, that one... was probably the, my least favorite part. That was super weird. <laughs> it was it was, it was was a bit weird, yeah. I didn't... Everything else I felt was accurate. Yeah. Except for that. I'm like, I don't think a lot of kids did that. <laughs> no, but I think that what, it, what that sets up is for him to be in his... Like, he's going to be 18-ish when the early 2000s emo thing comes out and he'll just like slide right into that movement and very well may have been a cutter like a lot of other emo kids were. So like for me like that's not it was weird and it was out of place a little bit but it, I, I could see what they were trying to hint at. The party scene might be the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched. You definitely had the same the f- uh, reservations fuck. as I did. The fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. A bunch of 17-year-olds want to hang out with a 13-year-old. Fine. Cool. A bunch of 16, 17-year-olds want to bring their young new friend to a party and get him, like, shit-faced and drugged and high or whatever. Still cool. A 17-year-old chick being like, yo. I don't think she was 17. I think she was. I I think she's around. I think she's older than him, but I think she's in the middle. Okay, maybe. She could have been 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Sure. I still, I, I get your point. It, it's just, the way that it's shot, the way that the actors are standing, or the actual physical height of the actors... He looks so young. He looks yes. so young, and she is leaning to make herself shorter, and she still stands like a full foot taller than this kid. It was so uncomfortable. Two things that came out of that scene, though. I don't kiss and tell, I'm a gentleman. And then immediately kisses and tells. That is my one of my favorite parts, though, because now he has something to bring to the Alpha Bells, and he is going to be king of the night. Yep. For yes, the for the and I'm like I felt so happy for him. I, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I and then it's immediately, it, it's immediately like that like set like sense of euphoria ends almost immediately. When he gets into that fight with his brother and his brother has the weird breakdown. Well, he hit the nail on the head with his brother. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and like, when the brother gets into the fight 
almost gets into a fight the first time, I'm like, holy shit, is he gonna stand up? Like, it was such a, like, a, a crystallizing moment for that character, because he had a choice to, like, stand up and, and be like, hey, man, let it let it go, it's my brother, let him go, or whatever. And, like, then his brother owes him. He's got even more of a one-up, but because he's scared of, like, these friends, like, saying shit to him, he doesn't. And I think that... I think he also wanted to see his brother taken down a peg. Yeah, that's true. That's weird, because he idolizes his brother early on. His brother wants nothing to do with him. Yeah. And now that he's with this different crowd and his... His brother's trying to, like, scoop him in. And, and again, talk about... Talk about my experience as a kid. I mean, to to some extent, man, that definitely happened. I went to college and got my own friends in my own life. My brother then was like, hey, let's let's do things hang out. I'm like... Entire childhood, I wanted to hang out, and you said no. Like, what do you want? <laughs> Stevie trying to kill himself with a Super Nintendo controller felt very off-putting <laughs> as well. Yeah, I didn't know well, if it was a serious attempt or. Or Jonah Hill was. He made the movie. Oh, uh, well so. then. Because <laughs> he, Stevie was also drunk and high as shit at the time. Yeah. Right? Oh my god, it was. Yeah, so it, it was a roller coaster. It was emotional. Uh, I felt super bad for. I think his name is uh, Ruvin. <laughs> uh, was it Rubin or Ruvin? I got Rubin. It's really it's Rubin. Yeah. Rubin. The B. When um, so there's a moment when he tries to to jump the gap. You're not going fast enough. <laughs> First of all, I laughed. I legitimately the kid laughed. He should be dead. Yeah. yeah, he should be dead. Oh, the blood starts start pouring out of his yeah. face too. And then he ties up the wall. He bleeds through. And then they look at Rubin's like, "Give him your shirt." He's like, fuck no, this is my favorite shirt. No motherfuckers. That's his only shirt. The next scene, it's still summer in SoCal and he's wearing a hoodie. He's got one shirt and he doesn't know when it's going to get clean again. Like, that was so subtle and moving to me that... Jonah Hill just knocked this out of the fucking park. He really did. First try. Did you watch 8th grade? I didn't watch 8th grade. Okay. That's actually up on Netflix. I think it's Netflix, on Amazon. Or Amazon. Or Netflix. I'm not one, sure. I know it's it's for free. Yeah. On I think one it's of those. on Prime. I yeah. think it's Prime. Um, so yeah, I haven't watched 8th Grade yet, but that's um, it, it's on the short list for next week. Also with mid-90s, the scene with um, Stevie, I guess it's Ray. It's been a while since I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, Ray's the... Where they cool. go skating after... Uh, the Heart Steve, to Heart? Yeah, that is one of the finest yeah. ten minutes of... Movie the we fact, got in the, the, 2018, and the fact that it, the <laughs> fact that that scene was allowed to breathe like that, like there were so so many times when those type of scenes scenes seem long and drawn out and too much, and and like I didn't like I just, I think just there was so much getting thrown at you for the 35, 40 minutes right before it that that three minute speech that he gave and that five, ten-ish minutes of skating was just gorgeous, and it was just a really nice way to go through it. Yep. Solid movie. Yeah. I, really I, like I, I also liked it. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to, to peg how I feel, but... I think I saw this back in October, so I'm really happy you finally got <laughs> yeah. watching it. I've been dying to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I watched it like a month ago. Yeah, my apologies <laughs> for taking so damn long. Sorry, I saw it in theaters. Damn. Okay. And that is what I have been watching. Cool, and that was our mid-90s episode. So, sequel, <laughs> what do you watch? <laughs> I also watched Bad Times at the El Royale, but we tackled that one. Nice. I watched a movie called Reality Bites. 
I feel like I've is heard that this. oldish. Yeah, it's '94. I think it has uh, Winona Ryder, um, Ethan Hawke, and Ben Stiller. I think Ben Stiller directed it. It's okay. It's like a slacker '90s movie. People fresh out of college trying to like start their lives. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was all right. I liked it for the music. It was. Did <laughs> it for the music? Yeah. Uh, it was good. I'd, I'd recommend it. I I started the uh, Leaving Neverland documentary. Oh, uh, what is that on? Uh, HBO. HBO, okay. Um, it's four hours. Ooh. Two parties. I love me some documentaries, but four hours is a lot to commit to a It's, it's four hours for a lot of, like, nothing. Because <laughs> y- you know what it's about, you know what they're alluding to, they're just taking forever to get there. Um, that's frustrating. Yeah, so, I mean, it's got mixed reviews. I think it's mostly because... People either love Michael Jackson or hate Michael Jackson, so it's like a polarizing effect. I think, if nothing else, people either believe Michael Jackson or don't believe Michael Jackson. Like, yeah. I think that's kind of, in my opinion, that's what it is. It's like, you either do, you think he's innocent or you think he's guilty. The controversy surrounding this is both of these um, boys uh, testified on Michael Jackson's behalf when he was going through his legal issues. Okay. And now they're doing a 180. Now they're saying it was real? Yeah, and they're, the film tries to justify it as um, it was repressed, and now that they're of their fathers, they they feel, they, they imagine Michael doing that to their kids, and now they feel it's time to come out, and everyone else is like, nah, they're just doing this for a payday. So, it's like, who are you going to believe? This uh, Michael Jackson's not around to defend himself anymore. But I mean, that's always the issue with these type of situations, right? It's, it's all he said, she said. Yeah, but so many different people come forward. It's just weird. So I don't know. They could have done a better job with it. Four hours is too much for this. It really, really is. That's fair. There was um. Did either of you guys watch Criminal Minds? No, I hate I, that show. I've seen like <laughs> okay. an episode. I feel like I, that maybe that's what I remember about that. Um. So it was an episode where, um, I can't Shamar remember. Williams' childhood coach? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a line in that that's, that, I mean, I think the episode came out probably shortly after, because <laughs> it was, it's an old show now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says the same thing, he's like, one's gonna come forward, and then another, and another, and another, and will they all be telling the truth? No. But there's no way to stop the oncoming wave. Like, some of them are, some of them are gonna get through, and some of them are bound to be real. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Michael Jackson thing, personally. I think Billie Jean's an amazing song. Yes, that's my only stance on Michael Jackson-related things. Well, some radio stations now are popular. Radio stations too are banning Michael Jackson music. I don't listen to the radio anywhere anyway. I listen to Spotify. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. really make a difference. Yeah, me. it's a dying medium. Like, like, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, right. But it is. I mean, the, it, the world we live in is filled with that type of stuff, and it's super confusing to me. Yeah. It sure is. Yep. And I went to the movie theater today, and we'll talk about that movie next week. Hey. Anyone who guesses what that movie is, congratulations. It's not a competition. (laughs) (laughs) Got her us. Joe, what have you been watching? I watched two things. I'm glad I get to keep it short this time. First thing I watched was the movie Peppermint that came out 2018. It's Jennifer Garner. It's an action movie. I'll save you the time. You don't really need to... Have you ever... If you know about The Punisher, you don't need to see this movie. Oh, it's almost the exact same movie, except Jennifer Garner plays the Punisher part. I'm intrigued now. Right. <laughs> it's 
Sounds like Alias. Like, I could have written this movie. I called every turn it takes except one, and I didn't call that one because it's really stupid and doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, Jennifer Garner is good in it. That's the only thing I can say about this movie that is good because it's cliche and easily predictable. The action's okay. It was like 99 cents to rent on Amazon, so I went with that. And a movie that's on Amazon Prime I watched for the first time ever, Wayne's World. Nice. nice. First time ever, huh? First time ever. That's one of those movies where if I had seen it when it came out, I would have liked it way more. Yeah. It's super dated. Oh, yeah. It does the thing I don't like in comedies when they make really topical jokes for the time, and it doesn't age very well. That is, man, that must be the Mike Myers golden ticket. Like, that's what he does. Austin Power movies. I think Austin Powers is timeless, most of it, most of the comedy in that. Yeah, because it takes place, uh... I guess that's true. Yeah. But there's still a bunch of topical things that they do in there that I'm like... There's a couple. I mean, Burt Bacharach, people won't know who that is anymore, but... Michael Jack... Uh, by, wow, Michael Jack. <laughs> Mike Myers probably made most of his money with the Shrek movies anyway, and... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I, you know what? I forgot that he was in those. I mean, it's an enjoyable movie. There are a couple, like, when he's speaking Cantonese, <laughs> and, like... He says three words, and the subtitles go on for four screens. <laughs> that part got me. That part was funny. Rob Lowe's in that, right? Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob played, played bit parts in all of those SNL movies, man. When Rob Lowe ordered Chinese food, that's a funny scene, too. Yeah. More Chinese, you guys want anything? Oh, the cream of Sung Young guy. <laughs> Garth does nothing in that movie. Garth does nothing. I know, but like, like you didn't even need to have him there. I don't think you needed to have him in the sketch either. It was just the way it happened. Game on. <laughs> if I'm going to hurl, Gretzky is denied. Choked on the open net. It's quotable if you were there. The product placement scene, too. That's probably a thing. That is that good. Who he mean Rhapsody, anybody? Mr. Choice of a New Generation. <laughs> and that's Wayne's World. And I don't know if I'm going to watch two, but they're both available on Prime. Watch two. Okay. Watch the graduate. Are you saying no? <laughs> if you didn't like one, I don't think you like two. Two is not. It's as not that I didn't one. like it. I didn't really think it was funny because of the humor being. One and two meld together, and watch the. You ever see the graduate? I, I know of the iconic scenes from it. All right, watch the graduate with your girlfriend, and then, <laughs> then watch uh, Wayne's World. Too. This seems like a big commitment just to watch Wayne's World too. <laughs> just watch the graduate first. <laughs> we'll see. And that's what we've been watching. Let's do the movie facts for Snowpiercer. Alright, the movie facts for Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer came out in... IMDb says 2013. Everything else I looked up says 2014. Yeah, so, I don't really know. It's rated R, and it's two hours and six minutes long. It's directed by Junho Bong, which may be reversed, but that's how it appears on IMDb. It's Bong Junho. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's how it's... Uh, that's how it's pronounced in the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. The movie stars Chris Evans, Song Kang-ho, Ed Harris, John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Octavia Spencer, Ko Ah-sung, and Ewan Bremner. Budgeted at $40 million, it grossed $86 million. Only $4.5 million of that is domestic. I don't, th- I don't remember seeing it come out in theaters. It got a, like, not a wide release at all. Yeah, I feel like, I thought this movie went straight to Netflix, honestly. Mm, in the America, probably did. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes has the movie at a 95%. Certified fresh. Audience with a 72%. IMDb 7.1 out of 10. Metacritic with an 84. And a user score of 7.2. 
Those are the movie facts. Let's do our general thoughts, which, as always, are spoiler-free. Sequel. What do you think? Time, trying to digest the science in this movie is just a waste of freaking time. Yeah. You, you can't. There's so many issues with it. You just got to shut your brain off and try to enjoy the ride and concentrate on the story. Hey, that's a that's a good pun. That's a good movie pun here. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, if you do that, then this movie is quite enjoyable. I, I enjoyed the performances in it. 95 seems like a really high score, though. But um, I did enjoy it for the most part. Corey, what do you think? Uh, I agree, or I should say I am closer to the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes than the actual critic score. I don't think that's a... That, that is definitely a touch high for my um, liking. I think that this movie does a really, really good job giving us constant action, feeling like we constantly need to move forward. I think that the movie looks really good 90% of the time, and then the other 10% look like absolute trash. Like, it either looks perfect, or it doesn't look good at all. Like, they, they dumped all of it into, like, this thing, and then they were like, oh, shit, we only have, like, $3,000 to do this thing, and it shows. Otherwise, I, you know, I mean, the movie itself is a really, really fun ride. What a ridiculous and crazy ride this movie is. Like, what what a story they put me through. <laughs> it's, I enjoyed it, but I have a lot of problems with, I have not so much problems, I have questions. Like, even beyond the science, just, I'll bring it up when we get into specifics, but I have, like, just very pressing questions about one or two things. There, there, there's definitely a, a number of questions that kind of that dangle at the end of this movie. All right, so those are our general spoiler-free thoughts. From here on out, we're going to be spoiling Snowpiercer. If you haven't seen it yet, this is your last chance to get out spoiler-free, because starting right now, we don't care about spoilers, and neither should you. Snowpiercer, go. The lifespan of a polar bear is about twenty-five. Is about thirty-two years. So, you extrapolate that out, polar bear becomes an adult male at around 10 to 12 years old, and that polar bear looks like it's been around a while. If they were breeding underground. How long have people been allowed to go off this train? That's my question. Well, they weren't forced onto the train. The train was like a... No, no, what I mean is like, the the whole point is like at the end, after they get out off of the train, there's an adult male polar bear, which means that life has been able to survive... The entire time. Yes. You think the entire time? Yes. Okay. See, that's where my thing is. I'm wondering if there was necessity at some point, and then no longer necessity at 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 a particular point, but for the Eternal Engine to do what the Eternal Engine does... And to continue letting the people in first class continue to live their lifestyle, they needed to keep everybody believing that they needed to be on the train for forever. And I'm sure people thought that initially. Yeah. I think when the, when uh, science, the scientists screwed up and caused the second ice age, so they thought, that they were like, all right, last ditch effort, let's get on board this train or figure out some other means. I'm sure many millions of people died. But, I mean, um, they, they did say the humanity went this so. crazy guy's train. Yeah. The well, crazy it, train. It's probably want. something <laughs> along the lines of, I'm just assuming, I mean, he's probably selling tickets for this thing, for this ride. But they do mention in the video that it was a luxury 
Yes. A luxury well, train. That makes train sense. Yacht, essentially. Yeah. Right? And then it's, I think this, he was just like crazy or just saw this happening and was like, all right, now this is going to sustain life. It's going to be Noah's Ark, so to speak. And people probably gave up their entire estate and fortunes to get on this thing. And at the end, people are like, hey, let us on. We're all going to die. And he's like, all right, you can go on. He says, you sit in the back. Sit in the back. The haves versus have-nots thing, I guess it's for balance. The have-nots have no purpose on this train at all. They don't, they don't perform a service. They don't, they don't, they don't work. <laughs> what, the people in the train, in the tail car? Yeah, the yeah. have-nots. Yeah, you know what? They're, they have, in my opinion, probably Actually, the they do, greatest purpose. They do perform a service. They perform a number of services. One, they, they produce, breed. Yeah, one, they produce the children. Which I have a problem with this. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Um... And the other thing that they do is, if everything needs to be in balance, right? That that's he's constantly talking about balance and balanced ecosystems. Every time that ecosystem goes out of balance, they need to kill people. Keeping people in the back that will expand allows them to continue to just kill them in the back and not have to worry about killing. If, if they were constantly just taking out the back, right? and that back wasn't allowed to reproduce or didn't reproduce or any of that happy horse shit, eventually they would have to start moving forward. If you had no back, you just would have had to kill members of the front. Which is what which is what he doesn't want to do. Well, no. That, he only doesn't want to do that because he has a back. If he had a front, then there wouldn't be, the back wouldn't factor into the equation, and he just probably would split it up some other way, young and old, you yeah. know? Like, it's... The back really... They don't... The service they perform is they breed, they uh, produce children, and you find out at the very end of the movie that only they needed small people to function as parts that have gone. There's no way of predicting that. No, of course not. That's that's the whole thing. Like, having a have-not class, I just don't... It fits... It exists only for the movie. They, um, they don't do anything. That's the, that's the whole issue. Like, and they didn't plan for it because you find out that when the have-nots got on board, they had no means of feeding them. And they were they forced them into cannibalism until they came up with a way to feed them, which is really disgusting. But one of the one of the one of those things that I said they only had three thousand dollars to oh the to CGI jump, shit, the CGI uh, shit anything anything at a window yeah damn near anything at a window around a human structure anything by a window at a human structure and looking at the cockroach cricket mash that they end up eating fucking look terrible yes terrible they are. Like if they had were forced to working or producing anything, I would understand that more. But just the fact that they they're just there, they're going to revolt. Like like it's it's. But I guess the other the other question, the other question becomes: Are they there to serve the purpose of allowing the upper class to exist? Right. So there's low class. Middle class and Wilford, and like his like army of four people. Only a very select few get to be at Wilford's level, and even then, they don't even really get to interact with the guy. So you got the minister, Wilford, the woman in yellow, and Claude. like Cla- Claude, Claude, and then Victor the Elder, I think is what his name is, or something like that. Something the Elder would be the one percent, and then there's a small. Well, what should be a very small group of people that are like, 
happy in the middle. It's pretty and large. It is surprisingly large. And then the 99%, so everybody that's in the back, is, is what the movie's trying to represent. But to your point, they don't do anything, so it doesn't make a ton of sense. Fair, actually. Yeah, they don't. I, I didn't think that's, about it. I know. I mean, it's like the only as the point that they're trying to make, or that you can allude to, is the people that are wealth, wealthy and affluent only feel that way because they have more means than other people. So those people are on the train just to make them feel better yeah. about their situation. I mean, they don't interact, and they're but they. Not- but but that's the, that might be another system of not that we saw it, but that could be another system of control, where it's like if you're in like the happy class, like the main group that's like in the middle there, and you think about stepping on the line or whatever, they can come up and be like, "Well, we'll throw you in the back. Would, would you rather go into the back?" And that's a way to save bullets. They don't have to punch, hit, or shoot anybody in that because nobody's stepping on the line. Maybe, but again, and their alternative we, is to live in the in the truck. We didn't see it. We don't. We <laughs> so. don't see it. You're absolutely right. I have three things. Hit me. <clears throat> First thing is people in the back. They don't provide anything other than children, but they don't consume any resources. It's just cockroaches. Yeah. They don't use any of the food. They don't. So it's just. It's. It's, I guess it's just a societal, social thing, which brings me to point number two, which is I hate shit like this, because it what, it's what reminds me that as a people, we are so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> because movies like this always, like, or stories like this happen all the time. We always have to rule over one another, and we're a bunch of assholes. So that makes me mad. And the third thing is, why are you grossed out by cockroaches when you've been eating people, you fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the cockroaches. I've eaten babies. Yeah. We found a solution as an alternative. It's not eating babies anymore. I'm in. Let's go. And they needed to have them stop eating babies because they need the babies to power the machine. And that's the other thing about this. I, I It might be on purpose, but there's an inherent paradox with calling it like the internal, like the eternal engine, the engine that never stops. When parts fucking break and the part goes extinct and you need a small human in there to start doing the job for it. Like, there's, like, an inherent, like, contradiction there, right? If it was truly an eternal engine, the parts would never have gone bad. It never would have needed that. Well, I mean, machines break. It's not magic. I get that. I totally get that. But again, it's just, it's, it's just, for me, it plays on the inherent problems with making, with worshipping, with anything worship. Well, it's a creation myth of the train, basically. It's... That school scene freaked me the fuck it's out. It's really weird. It freaked me the fuck out the first time I watched the movie. I was no less freaked out this time, except this time it really hit home that the people in the trail, like the tail end of the train, stabbed a pregnant woman in the fucking neck with a knife. I mean, after she tried to shoot them with... Of course, no. Totally deserved. automatic weapon. Totally deserved. I, I, not, I know what she was... <laughs> yeah, same. Not saying I had an issue with it, it just, again, like... How like the the desperation on these uh, like the desperation and conviction that the people at the end of the train have to get to the front of the train that they're willing to do that is intense to me. I, again, I don't have I don't have any sympathy for her. She's a crazy person. She was she was not fit to teach children anything. Yeah. She <laughs> had a moment during her song where I think she like orgasms. Yeah, you saw that too, huh? 
Well, Super weird. Me. I just found it funny. It's Allison Pill. Allison Pill was in Scott Pilgrim with Chris Evans, and I was like, thinking about that. <laughs> Chris Evans is in all like thir- I'm gonna say thirty percent of comic book movies. He's just he's just in he's them. He's just in them. Yeah, and he's involved with snow and ice a lot. Yeah, he's frozen his, and ice is kind of. He snowboards a lot. He snowboards a lot. Snowpiercer, Winter Soldier. Like, it's just, I don't know. That's, lots lots of winter. Lots of winter around. Uh, I don't think he's particularly good in this. <laughs> I think he's good. I think he's fine. I mean, I, th- I think he's one of the more. I'd say he's probably the third best performance in this movie. Tilda Swinton, I thought, was really good. She's one. I hate her character, but she does do good work. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I guess the guy that opens the gates, I guess, I, I liked him. He's my favorite character in the movie. Okay. The guy that opens the gates. The Chinese oh. guy, yeah. Um, I forget I, his name. They say it like three times and they abandon trying to say it anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I think Tilda Swinton's one. Um, I think Ed Harris, for being in it as little as he is, I think he's really good. I, think I thought good. that could have been anybody. I was honestly. disappointed by the build-up. I was yeah. like, who's going to play him? Who's going to play Wilford? Oh, I mean, like it's Ed Harris. That's fine, I guess. I was pretty excited when I saw Ed Harris come <sighs> out the first time. I was like Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Oh. Was it going to be Michael? Caine? I felt like Tilda Swinton was doing a Michael Caine impression when she was a little bit. Um, but yeah, Chris Evans is the next best thing. I mean, I, I just thought you know what? They're, they're, he's very dry with his delivery. I, mean, he, I compared to what I've, I've seen him in, I think this is one of my least favorite Chris Evans performances, mm-hmm. just by comparison. I mean, I think the I, moment I that I he sits down has a cigarette is is. His defining moment, and I think he does. He nails that's, that scene. That's that's the nominate me for an Oscar for this scene. Yeah, it's but his, <laughs> that's his Oscar monologue. That's yeah, the, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, I like it except the, the the baby part. But you know, that's fine. Um, also, as a sorry, it's okay. Corey, as a smoker, did it bother you? He takes one drag in the cigarette, the last cigarette, cigarette in the world, right. and it just burns while he's talking. That that yeah. I, I noticed that, and I was like. You wasted. It. I would be so mad if that was my cigarette that well, I gave fun- to you. <laughs> well, the other guy even says it. He even calls him prick about it. Calls him a hick. I thought he calls him a prick. I thought he called him a hick from the tail end. Oh, I I, I knew we, there. It definitely ends with an ick, and he definitely says tail end. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, that seems intense. I also find it a little interest, a little crazy how intensely everybody that's in the tail end remember smoking like the guy they talk about how they don't remember the outside world in the world before and then it, they smell a cigarette and they're just like like it's like a bell rang around a dog like it, statistically it's, not even they all smoked yeah so quick questions for you guys also, we don't also mobile lights have white butts so I call bullshit on that cigarette we don't see all the cars right definitely not no, okay because no, we don't see where anybody lives right nope nope <laughs> I just assume they kind of exist in those rooms. Well, we also get, like, long outside shots of the train itself, and that train is made up of, like, must be 60, 70 cars. So many. Especially when the avalanche happens. We're losing five, six cars in a clip. Was that, like, a course course of a day, or do you think that was, like, many days? All right, so we know there's at least two days, because they sleep after the battle. I'm talking about the journey. Oh, they sleep after the battle? Yeah, they go to sleep. There's a night where um, Gillum and... Evans, oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. character are like laid down. Curtis. Curtis are laid down like talking. Um, so there's there's at least one night. But yeah, I imagine this thing that this truck must have taken two three days. Thirty miles. What are you thinking? Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd say that's fair. 
I think that the layout of this train is fucking absurd. Yeah, the the sleep lack of sleeping quarters and the layout of the train are two of my big problems. Yeah, that, that's honestly my biggest problem with the train is how some of the more essential cars are seemingly so far back compared to some other super non-essential cars. So the water, for example, one of the first things they hit is a is the water car, which they go through a big explanation that it really doesn't matter if they have the water or not. I thought of the water as the midpoint, because they said it was like a few cars down. But that's from the tail. Yeah, but that's from the tail, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, then. And then uh, then they go through, they go through the water, and they go through the greenhouse first, then the aquarium, then the butcher, the then... The sushi car. They have... The a sushi car. That's, that's the like, sushi that's, car that's, that's in the aquarium. twice a year. That's in the aquarium. Is it? Yes. That's, or like at the tail the same car? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I don't think they went through like another door to get through it. Also, wait a minute. They tell us how many doors he has to go through. They have to go through ten gates. Oh, yeah. So there's only supposed to be ten cars. But the outside of the train looked way more than ten cars long. Probably the cars it, are It has big. to be more than ten. Unless... No, there has the, to be. There has to be. Unless there's only ten major gates that he has to go through. Unless this is like, all... A lot of them are like interconnected. And maybe it was, maybe it was ten gates... Until, like, they can start their, their march. Like, maybe he has to get through I, eight, ten, like, security gates. Ten security, yeah, ten security gate, yeah, gates, for that, sure. That yeah. makes sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah. there might not be a gate every oh, car. Oh, wait, no, because he has to have the, the, the guy open the gates, and he only brings enough of the drug for ten gates. For ten so, gates. Ten secure gates, but cars are probably connected that's not secure. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, so like, ten gates total throughout the entire drive. Yeah, Got it. Yeah, right, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but they have... The greenhouse, the the butcher shop, the aquarium for the aquatic life. The disco. The disco's near the, the head. school. Yeah. And then right before the head <laughs> of the so train is a fucking, fucking disco? Yeah. No, you're fuck. What? I like they were calling it disco like old people. I made it as a joke, and I'm glad it stuck. It's like a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a stupid. Nightclub. Yeah. And it, before that is the sauna train. Right, so it's the it's sauna good, good, good. Yeah, it's a car. Sauna, and then the rave, and then... Some weird mechanical car with doohickeys and steam, mm -hmm. and then the head car, where the and guy lives alone with his concubine, I guess. Yes, who and eats her no, own blood. I guess he's maybe when one of those drawers is like a pull-out bed or something. I hope so. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. You'd yeah, but you expect his car to be like extravagant and amazing. No, it's not. That was a yeah. big letdown. He also said it was there. loud. That shit is not loud. Yeah. I heard everything they said and no background noise. Not, not it's loud, even a little bit, and lonely. I, I imagine the, the, the second part of that statement is very true. It, it is probably very lonely. That's He's got Claude. his own fault. He's with Claude. Yeah, right? Claude's and that's the thing. He's still... Claude is weird. He's still, like, regarded as, like... Because she measures everything? Everything. Everything. <laughs> when she gets the shoe thrown out her head and she's bleeding, she's, like, drinking the blood. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. <laughs> oh, that was my thing. He says it's lonely, and, like, he never leaves, like, the head car, which, okay, sure, I guess that's what happens, but, like... He's regarded as like almost as like essentially a god. He could walk around like nobody's gonna. He could walk around and 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 be friends with whoever he wants and be worshipped in public if he wanted. It was probably better. To he remain. wants to be a recluse. He wants to. He also that, and he also like you keep up the, the fear and respect. Yeah. If no one sees you hanging around, you don't go to the baccarat car and play baccarat, baccarat. <laughs> However you pronounce that. Yeah, right. First time. Good. I think so. 
Is there a cultural significance to putting blood on your uh, fish blood on your axe blade? That was so weird. Intimidation. I, I guess look, I looked that up to find out if it was like certain fish bloods poisonous. Then I'm like, that's definitely a catfish. <laughs> that's definitely fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely just a straight up catfish. Uh, and uh, for a train that shouldn't be like wasting resources, they wasted that fish. And then they stopped the battle. You don't know they didn't cook that fish. Well, yes, I do, because he slips on yeah. it. Yeah, he definitely slips on <laughs> right. it. I'm glad it came back into play. <laughs> it's true. They stopped, they stopped the battle to count down to New Year. For Happy New Year. Ridiculous. Yep. Yes. Yes. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So stupid. But not out of the prospectus of human history. There have often been ceasefires during major holidays. Did you ever listen to the Snoopy vs. the Red Baron Christmas song? I know there's... <laughs> yes, there are ceasefires, but for a group that has no recollection of what day it is when they're trying to do it, the fact that they don't even attack while they're counting down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought they didn't I thought they didn't attack while they were counting down because they were trying to like figure out what was going to happen next. But once they figured out it was like just a New Year celebration, they should have just started fucking swinging. Right? Yeah. And then they would have been like Washington crossing the Delaware. Nailed it. Which happened during a famous... Never mind. It is ridiculous, though. It is. I think my biggest issue with this is the scene where they have to praise for impact because they're going through, um, I guess... Newly formed glaciers? Glaciers on the track. And that train comes so close to derailing. That has to happen every day. And the track conditions for over 18 years, they, they just can't possibly hold up. And if there is a method for <laughs> for them to maintain track conditions, they certainly don't go into it. That's, yeah. I, you can't, I can't get over it. Yeah, there's a, again, there's a lot of science problems with this. Like, there really are. disbelief in you, that one. You're going over a freaking bridge during an ice age, man. What is that made of that's not going to be so brittle, like, over it time that it's <laughs> going to break? Titanium. Oh, my God. And, you only, and the thing is, you're... You're you're making you're you're making the trek over that bridge once a year. You only go over each section of track once a year. So for three hundred and sixty four days, twenty three hours and fifty eight minutes, every piece of track on there is just stagnant. And bridges like that, you must cross a whole shitload of them. No way. There's just no way. Maybe he also built the track. He did build the track. He's the best. But I did enjoy this movie like a little bit. Like, we yeah. were crapping on it a lot. I mean, the um, it's easy to it's easy to pick the flaws. It's in got this a movie. logical yes. a lot of logical fallacies. Yeah, for sure. It's just again, this movie. If 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 you just shut off the logic and just watch a fun sci-fi train thriller, this is this is your movie, right? Like this is. It, oh, it's not like it's fun. Some serious though. It's super serious, but it's fun. It's like a fun watch. I didn't find it a fun watch at all. I mean, really? No, it was. It's not like I didn't have a good time though. But I wasn't having like. It was like a, it was like Mad yeah. Max fun. Like all right, <laughs> I was grinning ear to ear. I was like, I wonder what the hell's gonna happen. Yeah. Now. Did you say it is Mad Max fun? No, it's not Mad Max fun. Mad, Ma- I- Mad Max is like a th- like thrilling. It's like I love watching the chases and all that. This is like all right. We're getting to like. It's it's more like what's going to happen next. I guess. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It's good. Even even the sadness and the depravity. There's a lot of depravity in this movie. Yeah. I wonder how much different things may or may not have gone had they not shown mercy. 
showing mercy to the Tilda Swinton's character. Though they needed her. Yeah, they showed mercy to a point, and then he killed her. Yeah, he killed her as soon as as soon as Gilliam got killed. Yeah, as soon as as things went sideways. Right. So, yeah, she she was only a, a means to an end. I mean, she got him through. So they probably couldn't advance very far without her. But they like, but they they had a chance to kill the um, the big bad the big bad guy too. The guy that had like a perfect fucking shot on a moving train. I, I turns. Hate him. He gets stabbed and he bleeds out and he just pops. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> a was half was hour later, like nothing fucking happened. Weird. But that scene where the um, the train's turning mm-hmm. and he's sh- they're shooting at each other back and forth. I thought that was excellent. Oh, it's cool as hell. <laughs> that, that was real. That was that was fun. That part of it, yeah. absolutely. That was probably cool the most fun scene in the movie. Um, I just love the fact that they do one more shot at the end, and because like the way that the bullets land, they both know that like they've missed their window. Like they're only going to be further away after like because they're coming around the turn right. now. I thought that was such a again talk about subtleties, like a subtle thing that they did that they didn't have to explain. Where a worser movie would have used words to describe that, this just uses the shot, pun intended, Loop. to illustrate the point. I did want to talk about the good parts about this movie, but I am going to get into my... Let's do this favorite, least favorite. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, tied with my least favorite of the track maintenance is the fact that the daughter of the... I don't know the characters' names. Sure, sure, sure. But the daughter, the one that's helping out, uh, opening the gates, and is an addict. Um, Apparently clairvoyant also. Yeah, that's the problem. Why? It makes no sense. Doesn't fit. Doesn't really come into play either. It does I mean, come it does, into play. It does, but <laughs> like, it's not... In the grand scheme of things, they were opening the door anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know they're going to open that door, and they could have discovered that kid any other way at the end. But, like, uh, it just drove me nuts. I'm like, I couldn't tell. Oh, right. She, <laughs> she discovers the kid. I forgot that she did that. Yeah, she discovers the kid. Yeah, and she's clair- clairvoyant. Or she's, or she's, Curtis is about to accept and join, and then her, like, digging up uh, to find the kid is what, like, snaps him out of it. Right, she discovers the kid. Yeah. 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 Um, she's clairvoyant to an extent, too. Yeah. Like, she doesn't see attacks happen. Like, she gets attacked from behind quite a bit. <laughs> And she can't, didn't see that one, dipshit. Like, she's only clairvoyant when it's on the other side of a door. It, that's stupid to me. It does. Uh, and funny. it would have came into effect when, if, um... Only solid structures so you can see through. Yeah. Right, so that, the gate that the gatekeeper, I'm going to call him the gatekeeper, <laughs> wants to blow up and open to the outside world, mm-hmm. it would have been really cool if she was like, there's something on the outside of that door. That would have been like, holy shit, it can't be anything on the outside of the door because that's outside and no yep. one's alive. That would have really come into play. I'm like, okay, missed I, opportunity. I, I can accept this now. now that would have been better. Now it's, now it's awful. Yeah, definitely missed opportunity. Favorite scene, probably a tie between the reveal that um, Gilliam and Wilfred were working together. Mm-hmm. Whether you choose to believe that or not, I think that's kind of up to the viewer. I guess I do choose to believe it. I the think I do too. Slight yeah. downside with that is Ed Harris has a really stupid line where he goes, "I really enjoyed our late night phone calls. Gilliam could go on for hours. Quite impressive for a guy with one arm. You need two arms to talk on the phone for a long period of time. No, that's I, really bad. <laughs> I, I, generally, I generally don't hold my phone at all. I kind of do one of these things. That might have been like a, well, maybe because one arm gets tired. 
Or maybe he was just saying it to prove that he knew Gilliam, really. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's poorly delivered yeah, and it's poorly good. written, but that that is a cool reveal, and it makes Chris Evans question everything. Yeah. So, what I think was the shittier line in that thing was, oh, don't tell me you didn't know. Uh, yeah, asshole, I didn't know. What made you... Do you think I would have done this and killed... 74% of my people had I known that he was working for you, dickhead? I don't have an issue with it because Gilliam is acting and Wolford would... It, uh, it is reasonable to believe Wolford would think that um, Curtis and Gilliam are in on it together. That, okay. That he, yeah. that he filled them in on what was actually going on. Maybe. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, least favorite for me is the CGI bits. They just look so bad in comparison to what everything else is. Um, it just it just drives me nuts. And my f- favorite scene is when we start going through the cars more quickly. Like, we see, like, three or four nice cars in a row in quick succession. Um, I just like the way that the color palette changes. It's The brightness in each room changes. Like, the rooms feel themed and accurate to what that theme is supposed to be, it, it just, it feels real to me. Like, this is exactly what this would look like. So I really, really liked that part. Uh, my least favorite thing about this movie is just the fact that somehow they keep getting snuck up on in a fucking train that's a straight line <laughs> that people can't go outside of. How do they get behind you? This is stupid. When did they get behind them? A couple of times. Where'd Assassin Guy come from? He was behind them. Which Assassin Guy? The, the main uh, Assassin the, Guy. Yeah, the, the, un, the unkillable, the immortal one. But when did he come up from behind them? I don't remember. Exactly. Because he was in the fight with the axes. Yeah. But there's like one or two times that someone comes I think from they left him for de- I think they left him for dead, or he was... Those soldiers snuck into the tail car and killed all those people. How'd they get by them? Eggs. The eggs. But did that many soldiers go by? Oh, it wasn't whatever. really... All right, so there's there's, this, there, there's a scene like four soldiers there though. There's a quick scene. Um, the the guy in the egg cart when he pulls out the gun, he shoots. It's stupid, but there are soldiers chained up that he shoots and frees. Oh, I thought he I thought he killed them. No, he freed okay. them. Okay, all right, that makes sense. That yeah. makes more sense too. All right. Well, uh, then my new least favorite is this Philly Club car being stupid. Second most favorite thing in this movie is right when the revolution starts. And Curtis puts the gun to his forehead and forces the trigger pull. Oh my god, what an awesome fucking moment. Okay, I have a huge problem with that. <laughs> if it doesn't work, your head's There's no off. need to put the freaking. No. <laughs> There's no need to put that gun to your head. Only, only because. It looks really cool. Or to. He's trying to inspire everyone. Yeah, it's like. It's I think like, everyone's plenty like, inspired. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> It looks really badass. I I will give yes. him that. But he can take that gun, point it straight up in the air, pull the trigger, no bullets, mm. let's go, it's time, and then do it. Yes. That was pretty cool too with the uh, succession of barrels. Yeah. I like that. Although it took way longer than four seconds. Oh yeah, that yeah, was not sure. four seconds, in, no matter which way you're counting it. And my favorite part is just all the crazy reveals. from Basically from cigarette conversation on, we find out who everybody is and what's been actually going on in this crazy train. Yeah. He's had a crazy train again. I did. I do want two quick things, because I know we got to be It fast. is 8.30. I know. It's okay. It's real quick. Um, three quick things. 
The punishment, the arm outside. Yes. That was brutal. Brutal. Uh-huh. Um, that speech wasn't seven minutes long, no. but I did no. like the line of hat and shoe. I I, I like that metaphor that yes. Tolles went that it really made you hate her, mm-hmm. which was cool. I like the fact, I mean, even though it was kind of forced, but and we knew it was coming. If we didn't get a payoff with that substance, chromol being flammable, uh, uh, I would have been yeah. really pissed off. <laughs> I thought that was a I thought that was a cool that reveal. Yep. He's like, I'm not a fucking addict. I've been hoarding it so that I could make a bomb. They mentioned flammable a bunch of times. Yeah, and also the fact that um oh the translators, I they days in and out of needing them or using them. I fucking yeah, hate it. Chris Evans. Doesn't the, need the volume one, on but them is so low that we can't understand. No, like when it wasn't giving me subtitle, no idea. Yep, everything was saying. And the fact that when Tilda Swinton's giving her speech and they go to translate it, she says, "No, don't do that. It's a waste of time. I only have seven minutes." She could just have one of those translators, and if you're gonna have it, might as well use it. Yeah, but just gotta hold it up to the microphone, megaphone. Just to mention the Willy Wonka aspect of this, I know we got a couple of videos sent to us. I watch both. I didn't watch any of them, but when the scene is, I want to give you, happens where Wilfred <laughs> wants to give the train to Curtis, mm-hmm. I'm like, I said out loud, wow, Charlie's getting the keys to the chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. Watch the video, watch the videos. They're, they're pretty compelling. Hey, look up Snowpiercer Willy Wonka. Basically, I'll sum it up for you. There is a fan theory video that has like 4 million views on YouTube that Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka. And Wilfred is adult Charlie Bucket. He takes the name Wilford after Willie. That's the connection that they make? Like that, that it's a shared universe? Or that no, no. the stories are alike? No, no, no. That no, that it's a shared universe. It's actually the characters from it. So, so like, wow. the Charlie used to be the pieces in the train. Or and that's who went that's extinct, what, what it But they can't go down there, so they need the babies. It's, there's a whole bunch of other points. Watch the video. I'll watch it now. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Not it's, right it's, now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting. All right, so we should rate this because Corey's got a resi to catch. I got, a, I got a hot date with my wife. Nice. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is rate the movie Snowpiercer from 1 to 6 Infinity Stones. If you give it a 6, you can also give it a gauntlet. That's how that works. Corey, I'm going to have you go first because, you know, you got things to do. Thank you. Um, tough one. It's in this weird amalgam of I'm not sure if it should be a 4 or a 5. I haven't given a half stone in a long time, so I think I'm going to try to keep not giving it a half stone and really force myself to, to make a decision here. I'll watch this again. If a bunch of friends want to sit down and watch this movie, I will gladly watch it again, whether those people have seen it or not. Overall, I think it's fun. I think if I shut my brain off and don't try to think too much about the science of it all, it becomes even better. I give this five stones. I'm going to give one stone less. It is rewatchable. I just, I would, I nick, nick picked it to death. <laughs> nick picked it. It's, um, there's too many things going on that don't make sense to me that like hurts your that hurts my enjoyment of the movie. But it is a cool premise. It is a cool story. I do like the action in it. And if it's on, I'll, I'll watch it again. And this would be a kind of a cool movie to show other people to be like, hey, what do you think of this? It's a, it's a good discussion type movie. So for that, I'll give it four stones. It's a very interesting movie. It's a very interesting story that they've told me in it. The acting is good. Uh, there's a lot of logical problems with this movie, and I think it gets hurt in the rewatchability category now that I know everything that happens, because mm-hmm. parts of this are a little tough to get through, so I don't imagine myself rewatching this too many times. So for that reason, 
Otherwise, being a solid movie, I'm going to give it four stones. And those are our ratings for Snowpiercer. If you've seen Snowpiercer, if you're one of the lucky few, and you want to drop us a line and let us know your thoughts about it, or if you think this is indeed a sequel to Willy Wonka or not, because, I mean, some of the facts in the video are convincing. Yeah, I'm not lie. pretty so. convincing. Did you watch the second one? Yeah. second one actually got me f- more freaked out. second one has more facts, but it's less well presented. It's definitely less well presented, yeah. but the uh, the three notes are what got me. Yeah, yeah. All right, True. spoilers here. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I do, I'm You're good. You're good. <laughs> so uh, send us an email about with your thoughts on those subjects to zdhpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Boom. You can also find us on Twitter and send us your best Willy Wonka gif, or Willy Wonka meme for that matter. I know which one it's going to be. Condescending Wonka. Condescending Wonka. Is it the always is. Uh, you can send those to us on Twitter at ZTH Podcast. If you love trains and you have photos of trains, go ahead and post those on Instagram and tag us at ZTH Podcast. If you still use Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us in Facebook, Zero's Talking Heroes. And if you still listen to podcasts, go on to iTunes or your podcast app or wherever you get your podcast. Find us. Give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. Review is optional, but that would be awesome. And subscribe. And if you don't want to do any of that, tell people about the show. Or, you know what, if you do that, also tell people about the show. Joe, we have a website too, right? We do, but no one uses it. It's the cheesiest. I tell people to go to the website because it's quicker. Okay. <laughs> I've, I have four people in my life that just discovered I'm on a podcast somehow. Nice. And all of them were like, well, one of them's uh, one of my beer guy friends. He was like, I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm in the car constantly. So I sent him the uh, the website as well because you can just okay. listen to the episodes right there. ZTHpodcast.com. It is? Yep. Nailed it. Thanks for joining us for Snowpiercer. Next time we're going to be doing Captain Marvel. If you guessed earlier in the episode that was the movie sequel saw, you win a prize of the Captain Marvel episode coming out next week. Woo! You would have gotten that anyway. <laughs> Don't tell them that. that. God. Spoil sport over here. Alright, so thanks for joining us, and until next time, it's my job to let you know that every movie out there, someone's favorite movie, Snowpiercer included. Bye, everybody. take at the end of the episode please and thank you (laughs) just for you Corey why not